The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast G-Rated Edition. I'm your host, Ralph Malbro. We are joined by Dave Cariello, the leader, president of Canal Street Chronicles. Kevin Held is disposed. They had a kayaker in St. Louis get lost or murdered or commit a murder. I don't know. It's an emergency situation, Dave. Um, so Held's not going to be here. So he's not going to talk in a British accent, obviously, which he was totally prepared to do for 45 minutes. And that was going to be punishment for all the people that don't like the cursing on the podcast. <laughs> it would have been an awful, awful punishment. It would have. And we have a, we have a brand new special segment that we'll have to uh, hold off for next week because it's, it's a segment involving Kevin. But uh, he had breaking news. You know, duty calls. Um, Dave – I got the crap scared out of me on Twitter today uh, when they said Jimmy Graham hurt his back. Um, you know, would it kill the media before they tweet stuff out to just like get some info, like get some information and like let things sort of figure things out instead of just tweeting things? Oh my God, I think Jimmy Graham's dead. Would it, would it kill him? Would it kill him to do that, Dave? Uh, no, because that's not what Twitter's about. Twitter's about, you know, quick, quick thoughts, whatever pops into your head, and um, and and getting the news first and being the first to 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 say something if it's important or if it has to do with the Saints. So that way, uh, people retweet you and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I mean, I just think that's that's part of the game. Don't 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 hate the players. You know, hate the game. Uh, and I just think that's the way it works. And you know, I was on Twitter. All, I spend all day on Twitter too for work. I have a couple of accounts that are related to my store, and on some of them I follow a few Saint Camp guy reporters. And uh, I definitely have the same feelings as you. I was like, "Holy crap! Uh, you know what's going on? What the hell's going on? Somebody give me an update! Somebody give me an update here!" But uh, it seems like everything's fine. Yeah, it does. The the one thing that concerns me, and and. I thought of this when you had sent the, the email around for Canal Street Chronicles, the writers and different topics that people are discussing. You, you brought up the topic of um, Spags coming over from St. Louis, and he had a lot of injuries last year in, in St. Louis. Did he bring over that curse? I think he has, Dave. I think he's brought in some strain of like Ebola or like AIDS or something, and it's only for corners. Ebola? Ebola? Is, is that a combination of Ebola and the E. coli virus? It is. It is. And the thing is, whatever it is, only corners can get it. And it was rapid in St. Louis and knocked out all the corners. And he's brought it to New Orleans because all the corners are injured. Um, how concerned should we be that Spagnola is really the angel of death? Uh, I don't really know whether it has to do with, you know, I don't know, but, you know, it is a concern of mine. You know, all of these injuries at cornerback uh, are definitely a little concerning. And uh, I, I would hate to see the same thing 
that happened to the Rams last year, you know, their secondary just got mauled with injuries. I mean, they were they were just they were just walking out in front of the stadium and just picking out athletic guys and putting them in a helmet. Uh, I mean, it was it was bad. And you know, it doesn't matter how good your defense is, and it doesn't matter how good your offense is. Um, when you get decimated at a, at a certain position like that, uh, it's going to be a tough ride. And um, so I'm, I'm getting a little concerned. I mean, you know, they're saying Patrick Loudon's in the shoulder is not that serious. The things of Barry Greer is going to be back by the beginning of the season. And, you know, Johnny Patrick just kind of got a little dinged up with his groin. I don't know. He'll probably need sports on the surgery, just like everybody else on the team. It's kind of a rite of passage if you want to be on the New Orleans team. Um but uh, I am worried about. I'm, I am worried to be. What, what I'm really worried about. I'm, I'm worried about, about of this season feeling like you know 2007, 2008, where you have this awesome offense, and then you have Jason Davis, and <laughs> it just negates everything. It negates all the hard work, all the talent. You know, you just have a weakness, and it, it's you know they say a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, and I'm just I'm just I'm I'm, I'm terrified that. This season is going to feel just like 2007-2008, where this one weakness just can constantly hold the team back. Well, um, so I really think we need to get these guys healthy. Well, I think that's true, and that's the thing that 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 so scared me about the Jimmy Graham injury because really the Saints' offense for the six years that Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees been it's it's been either you know the first five years it was either Really good every year, pretty much. In 2009, it was great. But in 2011, Dave, it was legendary or transcendent or whatever word you want to use. And the reasons were Jimmy Graham and Darren Sproles. They sort of brought this offense to a whole nother level that we had never seen, never even maybe imagined that it could be. And I think – your fears of 2007 and 2008 could definitely become true if the Saints have massive injuries on defense and their defense is kind of mediocre and you plug and you take out Darren Sproles or Jimmy Graham for any length of time i think you're you're definitely looking at that i think arguing the the most valuable players for the Saints i would argue Breeze Sp- Breeze Graham Sproles in that in that exact order for importance. Um, Breeze, Graham, Spools in order of importance. Yeah, but I just but I think if you lose, I mean Breeze, yes, okay, yeah, he's, let's take him out of the equation. Obviously, he's the most important dude uh, on the team. But I mean, I think even if you take out Jimmy Graham or you take out Darren Spools, I think that the offense is plenty good enough and diverse enough that they can continue on, maybe not being, you know, a powerhouse, but still being pretty damn good in the top five offense. Uh, you know, if you don't have Jimmy Graham, you know, you're a little weak at tight end, but, I mean, you still have the full set of wide receivers, yeah. and you still have Drew Brees, and you still have great, great offensive line. And if you lose Darren Sproles, you still have, hmm, let's see, Peter Thomas, Mark Ingram, Chris Ivory, Tavares Jackson. I mean, Tavares, uh, yeah. Tavares, Tavares, yeah. Tavares, 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 yeah, Tavares, um, and uh, oh, and if you don't have Tavares, you know, and if you don't have Lance Moore and Devery Henderson, then you have oh, I don't know, yeah. Joe Morgan or Andy Tanner. 
Um, I mean, granted, some of these guys, Travolta Jackson, I'm going to ask. Nah, I mean, <laughs> some of these guys may have to get cut at the end of the at, at the end of the training camp or or the preseason, and I mean, it's definitely possible they might not clear waivers. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it's, I, I I definitely think Cadet is going to be. If he if he has a one or two more good preseason games, he he's not going to be a practice squad guy. Somebody somebody will take him because teams always have injuries at running backs. It seems. Um, yeah, we don't have Joyce Bell anymore. Yeah, we don't. I know he would. He he. he that's the cadet has filled that role of, of Joyce Bell really nicely. Um, is there is there a sense with you with you that it's only been one preseason game, obviously, but the practice is there. A, I get the sense on Canal Street Chronicles by the commenters that there is a feeling that this defense is going to be better than last year eventually. Is that yeah. the, is that the sense that you you get? And are people's expectations starting to get a little out of whack? Maybe. Um. No, I don't think it's crazy. For to think or to believe that that uh, that the Saints defense is going to be better. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, you know, if they were like a top, if they were like the second best defense in the league last year, and then you make a statement like, "Well, I think they're going to get better." Well, there's not a lot of room for them to get better. You got to be, be the first best defense. Well, that's not the situation with the Saints. They're middling at best. I think they were like 26th or 25th yeah. or something like. That. Uh, so no, I don't think it's you know, I don't think it's too too crazy a notion at all. And, and personally, uh, I would have to probably agree with a lot of the people that say those things on Canal Street Chronicles because I myself think that uh, the Saints defense is going to get better. Um, you know, just like Greg Williams' this first year, I think people are going to be – I think they're going to be pumped up. I think they're going to buy into it, the whole thing, a, a, a lot better. And uh, I think just the fresh – having that fresh face in there, I think that's going to do – the whole world of difference right there. Um, and I expect, uh, I, I think we're going to, I don't, I'm not going to be surprised, but I think maybe a lot of other people are going to be surprised. I think the Colin Cowherds and the Skip Bayless of the world are going to be surprised to see such a, a, a big improvement. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the defense is going to be markedly improved. Top 10 even. Yeah, well, Dave, at what point of the... If you've uh, Patrick Robinson are healthy. Well, here, here's a question for you. At what point during the Hall of Fame game did you send a uh, funny, taunting email to the Falcoholic Dave showed uh, about having Curtis Lofton? Did you send it like? Did you did you no, wait until the third no, quarter? I didn't make any Curtis Lofton jokes. Um, I wasn't even really thinking about that. You know, I, you, you've got that vengeful mind, Ralph. I do. You Cretan, you. I do. Uh, and I and I highly encourage you to do that because you know. <laughs> Dave, Dave chose he, he's he's a jokester like that. He'll, he'll he'll play along with you. You know he doesn't take it too seriously, which I like. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's cool. It's it's definitely cool. It's, it's just like you know, just like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be laughing in our face about calling Nick. Well, maybe not because Ben Bust is pretty good. Yeah. By the way, by the way, the offensive line looks looks good. Looks good in run blocking. Uh, I was I don't think you really, there was really much to be disappointed about with that first game. Let's see what happens uh, next season. The, the Saints 
I feel like they're usually um, pretty, 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 um, I don't even know what the word, uh, inconsistent. They're pretty inconsistent when it comes to their preseason games. Sometimes they'll, they'll put a good performance together, and then the next next, next week they come out. Yeah, like the, the only they time they're pretty, pretty, freaking out. You're like, oh, my God, we're going to go five and yeah. whatever <laughs> 16 minus five is. I don't – you know what, though, Dave? With the last six years, I just don't freak out about the preseason because they've been so good during the regular season. No matter what I see, unless, like, Drew Brees, would, his arm would fall off, I could just blow it off and be and be like, they've won 37 games the last three years, whatever, you know? So I can blow it off so I don't panic as much. But you're right. The only time they were really spectacular in the preseason was in '09 when they just housed the first three teams they played, and I was like, oh, my God, this right, is different. Was, I've never seen new, this in the and that season was, before. And that was, right, and that was new defensive coordinator. Yeah. Right. But uh, so if, we, if we see them house a bunch of teams in the preseason, then maybe we can start drawing comparisons and saying, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. <laughs> Super, and, and as Andrew said last night, uh, Kevin Cobb is wretched. Um, he... I mean, that, that interception that Malcolm Jenkins did, that's basically – I forgot who it was, but they broke it down on the NFL Network, and they were like, dude, that's a high school coverage. you got to be able to make that read, and he just couldn't, so he's a garbage truck. Tom Brady, not so much. Uh, I have expectations tomorrow, or maybe it's a hope, that with all the injuries in the secondary, somebody – is going to say, I can make this team, and, and one of these cornerbacks that, we didn't, that we've never heard of is going to emerge and, and, and lock down the fourth or fifth corner spot. Is that, is that possible to happen tomorrow? And if it, if it would happen, who would you think of all the corners that we, have, we didn't even know they existed until a week ago? Who would you guess might be the guy? Um, I would say I would say probably and this isn't like it's not like not like we have never heard of him, but I would say I would say the Saints are probably expecting or hoping it to be Marquise Johnson. Yeah. Uh I think he's the guy that uh uh that's pretty much next in line. Uh I guess maybe you could call him a dime package cornerback or whatever the hell. I don't I, I don't know. Uh but I mean he's he's supposed to be pretty good. He's been running with you know, Johnny Patrick and, and the twos, uh, well, he's, I mean, with Jamari Greer and Patrick Robinson out, I mean, he's been up with the ones. Uh, so I would, I think, I know that I personally, I would, my mind would be a lot more at ease if not just tomorrow, but over the course of this entire preseason, if we saw a lot of good things from Marquise Johnson. Uh, we could maybe breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief. And if that happens, then I would say, okay, uh, you know, this is, this is good. This is going to be good. Uh, because I'm, and, and that's working also working under the assumption that the linebackers are going to continue to look, uh, pretty darn good. Yeah, I think, I think they're just going to be better. I think the one thing with Spagnola is, um, when he took over for the Giants the year they beat the Patriots when the Patriots were undefeated. That defense that he took over for the Giants, and they had better – I think they had better personnel than the Saints, especially on the defensive line, and maybe you could even argue at linebacker. They stunk it up for about a month. 
and I think the Giants – I want to say the Giants started one and three that year maybe. But, I mean, they stunk it. They stunk it up for about a month. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Dave, if, if this this offense is taking some is taking some lumps and people are saying – even if the Saints are winning, they're saying, ah, it's the same old Saints because it's 35-21, 35-24. And um, – you know, I would expect this defense to really start to really see uh, turn the corner maybe week seven, eight. Um, do you think it'll be a slow process? Um, wait, now phrase that to your think, question again. Do you think the defense is going to take some time to come together? Oh, you, you, so seven and eight, you mean weeks? Week yeah. seven, week eight? Oh. Um, you know, again, if we're if we're going to draw comparisons to the 2009 year, I would say no. I mean, I feel like I feel like the defense came came hot right out of the box uh, in 2009. Uh, I, you know, so I definitely think that I think that all phases of the Saints of, of of the Saints football team, you know, offense, defense, special teams, I think they're all going to be better season then than they are in week one. I just think that's a natural progression that happens to every team uh, every year as you go through. Um, you, you know, you just get a little bit better. Um, but uh, so that'll happen naturally. But no, I think that they could come hot right out of the box. Well, I will see. I mean, I, I, I think the thing that sort of they came hot out of the box with Greg Wing was just the turnovers and, and Darren not Sharp. Out of your What's that? Said hot out of your mom's box. <laughs> nice. Dave, I thought we were trying to clean up the show because people were saying I that. I didn't we were... curse. I wasn't a curse. That's word. true. That is true. You know, but, um, you know, what's your, speaking of getting people angry, what's your take on the whole Jonathan Vilma uh, getting the deal? Uh, we're coming up to that sort of fr- that sort of soft Friday deadline. What's your What's your overall sense of what the deal means? For if the NFL sort of has the goods, is their evidence kind of shaky? And and the secondary point is, what do you think Jonathan Vilma is going to do? Is he going to take a is he going to is he going to take a deal? Well, I don't know whether I don't think we've ever really gotten have we gotten official confirmation that 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 deal with those terms the the, the half season suspension uh, for Vilma is that have we gotten confirmation that that was actually reality? Because last we left it, I I thought the NFL was was just flat out the denied. NFL the NFL denies it, but Schefter and Mortensen are like the NFL can say whatever they want. They talked about reducing the suspension to eight games. So maybe well, it's if, not, I mean if that if Vilma had that opportunity, I would think he'll probably take it. Um, what would I like to see? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing this play get played out in court and going all the way to court and seeing if if the NFL is forced to to you know, to, to to release all of their evidence. Um, the you know the the Columbo in me wants to see that happen because I'm I'm curious to know. You know, I want everything to be. I want all the cards to be out on the table, and I want to just be able to call it as I see it. Um, and right now, nobody can really do that because we really don't know what the hell is out there and what's the truth and what's not the truth. So. Uh, but if, if he was offered that, I, I would assume, I think Zoma is probably going to take it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, 
Because I, I don't think he can with his with his age and his I don't think he can risk being out a year. But the interesting thing, Dave, and and me and Andrew talked about it a little, but it really sort of struck me today when I was driving into work, listening to Mike and Mike, and you know that you know Andrew his whole point about Jeff Duncan is why did he why does he just for six months take the NFL at the word oh they must have the evidence they must have the evidence and nobody questions anything. But I'm driving into work today, Mike. Greenberg is the same thing. Oh, I think Goodell is an honorable man, and, you know, the NFL, they, they must have the evidence. Why is the national media, for the most part, just afraid to say to the NFL, show me what you got? I almost wish I almost wish the NFL media, like ESPN and the national media, they were sort of more like the political media where they were biased and they questioned fucking everything, you know? I mean, well, that was a bad word, Ralph. Oh, yeah, well, it was. Sorry. I apologize. I'll leave it out. <laughs> we made it, dude. We made it to 18, 19 minutes. We had a I, have been, I, have, I have been trying really hard not to use that word. It's like, a, it's like I'm really thinking about it. Yeah. It's a conscious effort. <laughs> it's really fucking tough. <laughs> so... <laughs> So now we're off the rails. So, but, but I mean, you why? know everybody's going to be listening to this podcast after the whole conversation we just had on the, on the previous contest podcast. Everybody's going to be coming to this one and saying, "Oh, I wonder what they said." <laughs> so, hello out there. Hello. No, but why do you think that is? Why? Do, why does the national football media? I, just, I mean, because on one side you have the NFL, and on one side you have Jonathan Gilman players, and I just think that. I think that I think that these guys they look at they look at all other actions of other players. You know, I mean, players do crazy things, and how many players out there are getting arrested? So I think that they just assume, oh yeah, Jonathan Vilma probably was getting paid to you know injure somebody or whatever. It's like they just don't think that it's that far fetched of an idea, and and they figure, hey, the NFL is this big corporate entity. You know, why would they why would they risk lying? You know, and and they, why would they make all these claims if they couldn't back them up? Uh, and they basically, you know, I think when it comes down to it, they look at the NFL and they look at Jonathan Villa and they say, hey, the NFL is just more believable. Uh, I think that's, I think deep down, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and again, it's really impossible to say until we, until we get all this evidence that Goodell has and until we know what's what. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. I don't. I don't think the NFL doesn't want this going into the season. Um, they want this wrapped up. They don't want Bounty Gate taken away from the season. But um, since Andrew was at the at the actual game, I wasn't able to ask him this question. But um, as far as watching the game on TV, how did you? Were you uh, pleasantly surprised or vastly disappointed in how? much they talked about the bounties. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, I played the Bounty Gate drinking game. And you're I still was, alive, so that's a oh my, Oh, my God. I don't even remember what happened during the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. I, I, I could have officiated it better. But Holy please. shit. You oh, are not kidding. No, you are not no, that kidding. Is, that is a bad word. I can't do I know. I'm off the rails. Um, the, the, the officiating was frighteningly bad, Dave. It was... Uh, that's 
replied, I said on Twitter, I said, yeah, dear NFL, <laughs> please give the, give the regular officiate, officials whatever the hell they want back, back in, cave in to whatever demands they have, uh, get these guys back. Uh, no, it was bad. But, uh, no, to answer your, your initial question, um, no, it was, it was, it was everything I expected it to be. Um, it was absolutely, it was mentioned, I would say, the exact number of times I probably would have um, guessed. And uh, the officiating was definitely, on the field was definitely bad, but uh, the announcing was equally, equally awful. I mean, it was, it was preseason for everybody out there. Uh, but, I mean, you know, pronouncing Jairi Evans and Gillette instead of Gillette and singing, you know, and play that funky music, white boy. I mean, like, what the hell was going on in that booth? Yeah. Uh, you know, but no, I, 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 of course they mentioned the bounty. Of course they mentioned the lack of Sean Payton. I, I am sure that, you know, the good, the good news is some of the regular preseason games are going to be on local television, and I don't think that the local guys are going to talk about it as much as the national guys do. So. But, but once we get to the regular season and games around NFL Network and Fox and all that, uh, be prepared to keep hearing about it. And, and it'll, it'll go all season long. I don't think it'll let up at all. I really don't. It'll, 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 really it will, don't. it will not end. And I think. In fact, it might get worse as you get, like, once you get into, like, the postseason, you know, then, then you're, you're always hearing about all the backstories, uh, for yeah. all the pregame stuff and, and during the game. So, I mean, if and when the Saints take the playoffs, it's just, it's only going to be more of a focus. Yeah, and I I think I think Kevin Kevin may have brought this up that um, once yeah, I'm they, sure. insert insert crazy long winded Kevin rant here. It is well his thing was basically that the bounty thing will never end because if the if the Saints lose if the Saints aren't doing well and they're mediocre they're of course going to talk about it and blame all the mediocrity on the bounties. And if the Saints are doing awesome and dump trucking teams and are seven and one, eight and one, well then all the trolls, Skip Bayless, Greg Doyle, Mike Freeman, pick your favorite troll your troll troll that you uh hate so much, they're they've already got and Pete Prisco. That's what I was thinking of. They've already got the column ready of Goodell didn't punish the Saints enough. Right. So it's <laughs> It just it's not gonna end. Like there's no there's nothing the Saints can do to sort of to sort of put it on the back burner. So you just you're just gonna have to grin and bear it. I mean I I I'm thinking, you know, maybe we should not only um like uh bounty bingo, but if you can't get your, your T V synced up with people out of town like me with direct T V Maybe you gotta have like a special playlist on iTunes where you can just play music during the game. I don't, I don't know because um, it's just not gonna get, it's not gonna, it's not gonna change, and it's just gonna drive, it's just gonna drive Saints fans nuts. Um, the wide receiver position, Morgan, he's wildly inconsistent. Right. Is he gonna make? Is he gonna make this club, Dave? Because you, I know that's your thing. You're, you're, you pick the 53-man roster, and you've been pretty damn good at it the last couple, couple of cracks you've done at it. So, is he, is he going to make this club? I think it's too early to tell. Um, I would say no. 
and I and I would say it is because of his inconsistency. I mean, I, I was to be honest with you, I was very surprised to see him out there with the starters um, in that first game against the Cardinals, and uh, but he did pretty well. But but like you said, he's just he's inconsistent. He just he can't seem to put a string of these performances together. So. Um, you know, I think only time is going to tell on him. But I mean, if he if he continues to just be inconsistent, then no, I don't think he's going to make it. And um, I haven't been paying attention close enough. I mean, I'm not sure if he contributes much on special teams other than punt returning or anything like that. Um, but yeah. uh, I mean, Courtney Courtney Roby has been having a good, good a good camp from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, and he looked good in the Hall of Fame yeah. catching the ball. I mean, yeah, he looked good catching the ball. I mean, you already know he's a good gunner. Um, we know he can return punts, and he's and he's way more consistent. He's already had the job, and it's his job to lose, to be honest with you. So uh, I think if Ruby keeps having a good good camp, I mean, I think he's your what his fifth guy. Yeah, I mean uh, Roby, they they can they got to keep Roby. I mean he's too yeah, he, like he, you say he's too good a gunner. The thing is with him is that I think I don't think they'd hesitate to play him at wide receiver if they needed to in a pinch. That oh, he would right. be a failure. He I does. Think they, I've seen him. He's been out there. He's, you know, it's it's, it's rare, but I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen him line up. I think the issue. I think the issue they have with Roby is they. I think they would worry about playing him at wide receiver because he's such a good gunner. To ask him to return return some kicks and be gunner and play wide receiver snaps, I think that's asking an awful lot. That that's really asking an awful lot of a guy. You know. For, for, and I mean the other thing with Joe Morgan too is I mean this Andy Tanner kid he could I mean if, if he proves that he can be consistent if he can make a bunch of catches um, and possibly contribute on special teams then I mean heck Morgan could get beat out by Andy Tanner. Yeah, I mean it. it it's it's interesting. I, I... no, he could get beat out by Travaris Cadet if they wanted to move him to wide receiver. Yeah, who do you think? Who do you think on the roster? Not that obviously me and you are out at practice, but who do you think? There's always there's sometimes there's a guy that the Saints will cut, and you'll be like, "Damn, they cut him." Who is a guy that you would think that you have your eye on that 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 may that may have a hard time making this club that we that we're that we're thinking that we're not thinking of, and it may be a surprise when they get down to the final fifty three. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say maybe somebody on on the. Hmm, I would say maybe somebody on the defensive line. Yeah. Maybe um, I don't know. Maybe a guy like Kurt McBride. You know, maybe yeah, I was thinking Adele. Uh, you were thinking of who? Remy Adele. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, mean, I think if, if you were gonna, I think it would be somebody maybe from the defensive line. Yeah, I just, I just think that a guy like you know Remy Dell, if they if they see a guy that, that it's equal and if it's sort of playing as good as him and they're younger, you know, and especially right. McBride, if he starts, if he starts, if if he gets, I think that's a good choice by you because if he gets, I think Dave, if he gets nicked up at all, they're going to be like, look, you're not making the 53-man roster um, because we don't want to guarantee your salary for a year. We might, you know, we're cutting you, 
stick by the phone. You know, if we need you, we'll call you, but we're not guaranteeing your salary for a year because you've proven the last couple of years that you've been injured. So I think I think Turk McBride is a really interesting interesting call. Especially, don't even think about like injury. I would just keep an eye on him, Dave. If I see that he's missing a bunch of practices and gets a little nicked, you know. <laughs> I would, I would, I would red flag him. And I, don't you love how we break down the roster? And we, I haven't seen. Uh, well, no, I did see ten seconds of practice because the NFL Network uh, had it on yesterday. And Ooh, the, lucky us. Yeah, it is. That you know what? All you kids that are like fifteen to twenty years old, you do not realize how awesome you have it with the Saints because when I was that age. They were never the lead on ESPN. They wouldn't, you know, they'd get to the Saints preview like the last day before the season started. They'd put it on it like it'd be like a 20-second thing. Now the Saints are like a glamour team, and the freaking lead on the NFL shows on ESPN and the lead on the NFL Network was the Saints and New England possible Super Bowl preview. And that practice, Dave, it was freaking packed. Don't those people in New England have jobs during the day? <laughs> And I always think about that when I see people that go out to, to the practices in the middle of the day. Like, well, how do you get off work? Yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, you know, I think everybody, the media always does it, and I think it's because it's true, but uh, there are a lot of similarities between the Saints and the Patriots. They've got some dedicated fans, and they're used to a good quality product now, too. So it's fun to watch. If you have a good team, it's fun to go out and watch them. I mean, who wants to go out and watch, I don't know, who's crappy? Oh yeah, I was the Browns. I was I was reading um what's his name? Drew uh Drew McGarry from Deadspin. He has the he does the previews of the NFL teams, he does why your team sucks. And uh I was reading one today, it was Jacksonville, and he was describing the media in Jacksonville talking about how bad Blaine Gabbard is, even when it's like um, seven-on-seven seven or skeleton drills. Like, he still sucks so bad he can't complete throws. Um, oh, yeah. I feel bad for Jacksonville Jaguars fans. That's when you know your quarterback all, all, all is awful. of them. Yeah. Have you been watching? Did you watch Hard Knocks last night? Uh, I, I deny... Uh, HBO, I get, we gave it up a couple of years ago, but I, I hear Game of Thrones is really awesome, so I'm thinking about picking it back up. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't catch Hard Knocks. Was it? Was it tremendous? It was pretty good. Yeah, Chad Johnson is. He's a funny guy. He's a, he's a character for sure. <laughs> and so, uh, they had a. There was only a, a, a brief. A Reggie Bush appearance. So. A b- only brief. Yeah, he, he, they were playing, he was playing FIFA with Chad Johnson. That was it. Ah, so Dave, Dave, I'm gonna we're gonna end on this note, and this is a question that I ask Andrew, and I'm gonna ask it to you. When we talk again next week, what Saints player that like 90 percent of the fan base didn't even know was on the team is gonna have an awesome game this week and win the Onomo Ojo? Uh, training camp superstar, soon to be in the Hall of Fame, or Adrian Arrington, if you don't go far enough back to remember Onomo Ojo. Uh, who's going to be the guy that we didn't even know was on the team, but he's going to look awesome tomorrow? What did, what did, what did Andrew say? Uh, he picked uh, the, the – I forget his name, the, uh, the defensive back, the free agent from Arkansas, who got um, – Oh, Jericho Nelson? 
Yeah, who got just torched today apparently a couple of times. He picked, he picked Nelson. So who who are you going to select? I don't know. That's a good one because that's probably who I would go with too. But uh, well, so let's go. I don't know. Can I? I mean, uh, we already know about Andy Tanner, so I feel like I can't say that because everybody already knows about Andy Tanner. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I think, he could, he could, he could, he could bring it up. He could go. He could go up. He could. I mean, another good game, Dave, and he could get into Adrian Arrington, like 2010 preseason levels. Right. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably, I don't know if he'll make the final 53, though. He's, he's practice squad eligible. They'll probably stash him away for another year. Um, but who else? It would be nice if it was like somebody on the defense. And it would be nice if it was a defensive back, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that that would be helpful. They don't think of it as like they have to make the team. Just think of it as like they're going to have such a good game tomorrow that you're going to see a feature on NOLA.com. You're going to see a feature yeah. on WWE. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Andy Tanner. Andy Tanner. I think that's a, I think that's a good choice. Uh, I went with I went with Corey White, but I, I would li- I would like I would like I would like Andy I would like Tanner Mania to catch on and and have like a a thread that's like 200 comments on Canal Street Chronicles, people just arguing back and forth, making threats about who should be if, – if Andy Tanner should make the team. That's what I want, Dave. I, I, want, I, wanted, I, want, I want Tanner – Is that just a normal Tuesday? It is. People are – you know what? You can start to tell – you can start to tell when it's regular season, be, when, it, when it's starting to come because – People just start going to the site and they comment on anything. Just like the, the – the, we're joking about it this podcast about the language on the podcast. You know, all off season they had like three comments for the podcast every week, and it would be like blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> it's not it's not working. Why isn't it working? And I'd be like – and I'd be panicking. You know, I can't listen to it. I'd be like, oh, shit, something's wrong. But now we got like a 30-comment uh, thing on the podcast, which probably – I would guess – It's at 97 comments right now. It, that I bet you, besides like you could add up all the comments of all the off-season bounty podcasts we have, and they wouldn't add up to ninety-seven. I guarantee you that would be correct. And that you know, but Dave, that that that's exactly right. But you know what, Dave? That's good for your site, and it's good for us because it means that football season has officially arrived. Because the Saints fans, we just got to talk to each other about. Anything. We don't even care now. We're just we got it. We got to go to Canal Street Chronicles and we got to hang out and not do work. Right. <laughs> Dave, it's been fun. I can't believe Kevin held uh, short changes for his job, but whatever. Um, so uh, try not to get killed when you when you play uh, Bounty Bingo tomorrow night. I will try not to. All right. For for Dave Cariello, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Thanks for joining us. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.